listen up, son. You are listening to Getting Down with Chris Brand. Removing the barrier between entertainment and education. You better start listening. You want to play rough? Well, say hello to my little friend. What is good, Hollywood? Welcome to today's podcast of Getting Down with Chris Brown. Don't play soccer, but a shooting score. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about a bit of a culture shock that I've witnessed as I've been back in Australia and how it is impacting a lot of people's lives, but they don't even know it. And it's not even for the better. So today, you'll be able to take a little bit of a neuro-linguistic technique, add it to your regime, which will make your thoughts and your behaviors better in your day-to-day life. So something that is very interesting is that humans have an average of up to 50,000 thoughts per day. But the crazy thing is that up to 95% of your thoughts are repeated thoughts every day. It's the same thing every day. Like all you need to do is refer to the famous Einstein quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You know, everyone's heard it. So something that I have... uh, Uh, that I've noticed after spending a lot of time in North and South America over the past few years and then coming back and emerging back into the Australian culture is how so many people seem to be very like robotic. So most people are used to waking up, brushing their teeth, going to their jobs that they, you know, do not even enjoy, they're not passionate about, work from Monday through Friday, some Saturdays as well. And, you know, most people are just like living for the weekend, So, like, there's a lot of talk about, you know, dream vacations, but most people, they they talk about their little dreams and vacations, they don't end up going on it, it gets to Christmas time, you have your your short vacation, and then you get back to your unfulfilling career, you start it in January, and it's like Groundhog Day or Groundhog Year, it goes over and over again. That shit gives me fucking anxiety. So the the main reason I've picked up on this is since I've kind of witnessed firsthand across two large extremes. So with all this COVID-19 stuff, I'd come back from Mexico to be closer to my family because who knows what is going to happen with everything going on, with international travel, who knew if the death rate will keep going up. Really, it's just like a bunch of speculation. But yeah, where I was, everything had shut down. I didn't want to be locked out of Australia. My my passport, it's like just about expired. So I wasn't keen on being too close to the US. And yeah, uh, yesterday Iran have fucking called on to to get Trump. So who knows what's going to happen there. So uh, yeah, it's good me back in, being back in Australia right now. So yeah, what happened? I flew from Los Angeles, uh, well, f- from Viata back to Los Angeles, Los Angeles back to Sydney. And as most of you already know, I had to sit in quarantine for two weeks in uh, in the Sheraton Hotel for the, for the isolation shit. So since I had so much time on my hands, I started searching for businesses that I'd be interested to work with back in Australia. So what I've done, I jumped onto seek.com. I found a company that they were looking for somebody to do some sales and marketing, contracting for them. 
I had a look. They had great commission bases online. The, the, the pay was like, was badass. And, you know, they were even located on one of the top floors overlooking the, the Gold Coast. Well, it wasn't a top floor, but it was like a, a, a pr- pretty, pretty good location. So it, lo- it looked pretty good. So what I'd done, I sent my CV through and then I called the number up on the website to make sure they received it, you know. Always got to do the little follow-up. And um, when, when I rang him, I, I wasn't sure if it was a recruiter, if it was someone from HR, or if it was the boss. And like the, the thing is that the guy was a little bit rude. He had like very bad people skills, but I had no idea who it was. It could have been anyone. Could have been like, yeah, one of those, the HR, the boss, the recruiter, they might have been having a bad day. Maybe someone just gave one to his bird. Who knows? Nobody knows besides him. So so this phone call, it turned, it suddenly turned into like an, an interview straight away where he started quizzing me on sales, marketing, business strategy, and like everything under the sun, which I thought was a little bit odd for just a straightaway phone call, you know, following up for sending my CV through. But I was cool. That's all Gucci. At, at the end of the phone call, he asked me to come into his office like when I get out of quarantine. I think I had like a, a week and a few days left. So, you know, I put it down. I'll give him a, I told him I'll give, give him a call when I get out and I'll, I'll come in and, um, you know, sit down with him. So, I finished the two-week isolation and then soon enough, I, I came down to the Gold Coast and I went in, which was for another interview, so my first impressions were okay. The uh, it, it was good, a good location. Um, the boss he, he looked like a trendy version of Kermit the Frog. He he the, the way he looks he just reminds me of like Kermit the Frog. But he was wearing Louis Vuitton loafers, so I automatically gathered it's a good business. You know, you don't want to be working for someone who's rocking those New Balance dad shoes. So yeah, it, it looked looked pretty good. He then, like, uh, you know, we had a bit of a talk. He then showed me the pay slips for his workers, and everybody there was grossing between three thousand to seven thousand per week. So, you know, nice flex, but okay, Kermit. So the rest of this interview it turned out to be more testing, role playing, how to deal with clients, and like testing, testing of knowledge. At one point, I was doing a negotiation role play with the boss, with Kermit. I was in like one back room and he was in his office. And um, yeah, it was, obviously since like dealing with people in real life to over the phone, is uh, they've got kind of different skill sets. So that's why we're doing some practice. We finished the call and then one of his managers came in and said that I was being way too nice. So I was like a little bit confused and she told me how their, their team acts as, act, sorry, acts as if they are like way better, way smarter and like way above their clients who, who they deal with. So she said, she said, I sounded way too nice and said I'm being too enthusiastic for the job. So I was a little bit confused, but I'm like, okay, no worries. I can, I'm like, what, what do you want me to sound more like, like a stuck up lawyer type thing? And she's like, yes, Exactly. I was like, no worries, I, I can be an arsehole as well. And then, so, we, we done the, I done the next negotiation role play with Kermit, and then on this one, I was like super stubborn to him, a bit, little bit rude, and um, yeah, yeah, we finished that, we hung up, and then he calls me into the office. And then Kermit the Frog, he, he straight away, he's like, oh, you're a bit rude, but then he's like, yeah, I was glad that um, 
that I showed him, you know, both sides of the spectrum, being nice or being an arsehole. He seemed happy. We had a bit of a chit-chat, and then he said that he would call me in a few hours. So I, I left. I was feeling pretty good. And then a few hours later, Kermit called me back, and he asked me to start on Monday. So I was pretty stoked. Um, getting it like a job straight away after arriving back in Australia, especially in the middle of all this Corona pandemic. So yeah, I, I was, I was pretty excited. So the following Monday came, I turned up and it was me and like another girl who was starting on the same day. So one thing that I noticed in that, in the office complex, like for their business, that there were a bunch of empty cubicles, there were only about 10 consultants working there, and then the boss. But like the thing is, nobody would talk to each other, and it seemed like everyone was like straight to their desks, there was no talking, no banter, nobody smiling, nobody having fun, this, yeah, all in this large office building. Like, it seemed like everyone was trying to be quiet. It reminded me, like, when, when you, you know, when, when you're, like, 16 and you're walking through your house, like, you're, you're like, drunk, you've been at a, a house party, and then you're trying to go to your bedroom without your parents trying to see you. That's, like, the exact vibe that the entire, the entire office gave me. Like, everyone was, like, kind of treading lightly, trying not to make any noise. It just, just felt, felt weird. Weird vibes. So we spent me the the other new girl that started, and then the, the the boss man Kermit. We spent most of the day going over how they operate, how the business operates, how they deal with their clients and their their businesses, their business to business. And then yeah, Kermit the Frog kept going on how most people most people do not make it out of his training, you know, and how the next five weeks will be like training for the Navy SEALs, and how we're probably going to fail. Which that that seemed a little bit weird to me. I was like, I, I kind of gathered that he's trying to weed out soft people who apply for the job, which is fair enough. You know, you don't want to waste all this time with people that, you know, aren't, aren't for it. So it kind of made a little bit of sense for me. Well, I was at least telling myself that. So what happened, I, um, yeah, I was trying to work out why he, he would keep saying such weird things. But then I soon realized that, that Kermit, the boss man, he was a complete control freak. Like, uh, he would be running through different procedures with us, and then some of his other consultants, they would get phone calls from clients or businesses, and then Kermit would, would then like be listening on their calls, kind of like, you know, like, like eavesdropping. And then suddenly he'd, be, he'd like talk to them and be like, stop, and then he'd take over their consultant's phone call. Which, yeah, it, it, it looked pretty weird. Like, I looked out the window and his consultants looked super embarrassed when that happened. And I don't know, it just seemed, seemed a little bit odd. But I kept telling myself how the commission basis were good. Think of the money, Chris. Think of the money. Everyone was making, you know, th three, three to seven K. So the, 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 the worst workers, they were making from three to four. And then the, the good ones were making up to seven. So I just kept telling myself, think of the money. So, Kermit told myself and the other girl who started that we get like three breaks of 15 minutes per day. So, I, I realized that it's an eat-at-your-desk type of job, which is fair enough. So, you know, you can't really do much in 15 minutes. Like, you, what do you order? Order something for lunch and like, it's already 20 minutes. But, um, yeah, at that time when he told us that, I was just cruising with it. 
It was like 10.30 and he says to both of us, come back at 11. So it looked like Kermit was being a bit generous today, giving us 30 minutes. Good stuff, Kermit. So I went down and got myself a, a good old bacon and egg roll with the coffee. I took it back upstairs into the office building and I was sitting at like one of the desks just eating it where me and the new girl had our stuff. And then suddenly Kermit comes out of nowhere, looks over my shoulder and and like suddenly says, oh, you can come back in now. And at the time, I was having a bite of my beanie, nearly spat it out of my mouth since he snuck up on me so quickly. But then Kermit, he, he saw that I was eating and he's like, oh, yeah, you can come back, come back in when you finish. But it, it had been like 12 minutes. He said, come back at 11. So fair enough, Kermit. Relax. Okay, we'll be in there in a second. The other girl wasn't even back yet. Okay, so soon enough, the other girl, she came up and sat down, but um, yeah, she had a kind of desk next to me where we'd be like facing our desk, looking at, at our notes as we ate, and then suddenly I, I smell this rich aroma of like MSG mixed with Chinatown. I looked over and I saw her tucking into sweet and sour pork and beef and black bean sauce at fucking 10.45 on a Monday morning. Fuck yeah, you go girl. I felt like asking if she had any spare spring rolls, but uh, she didn't look like much of a sharer. So I, I just stuck to my coffee. So I kept going over my notes as I, as I sipped my coffee and then suddenly got this woof of like a smell of sugar, like sugar hit in the air. And then I look across and she's munching on these lollies that were like long sticks of like crystallized sugar and then covered in flavored sugar. Like absolute breakfast of champions. I was impressed. So yeah, I started to get a little bit worried about this girl, thinking she'd have a heart attack before 11am. But you do you boo, you do you. So we spent the rest of the day training and going over different regulations. So Kermit, the boss man, he leaves at 5pm and he told us to go and shadow a consultant for the rest of the day. And let me tell you, time drags on when there's nobody talking to each other, nobody smiling, nobody breathing, just everybody full on, you know, stuck to their computers, like glued. So, but what I was doing, I kept thinking, good pay rates, good, you know, good um, commission brackets. So that was playing in the back of my head. So the next day, the Tuesday came, and Kermit, uh, he kept cracking on about how we need to be studying notes in all of our spare time, how we will only succeed if we like eat, drink, and breathe the playbook of the company. So I get it, Kermit, relax, okay, yeah, we need to learn, you know, we, we were already like learning super quickly, but he like keeps going on about it. So yeah. The, the same, it was the same vibes in the office. No one chatting, no one doing anything besides their, their job. Like, literally like robots. Um, and at, at one point, one of the girls, she came and sat next to me and she started whinging how she only made $2,000 last week and how she, like, wanted to kill herself. Like, being, she was being a bit dramatic, you know? Like, re relax, lady. Okay, yeah, it, it's good to have a good money, but, like, they had... Like red raw eyes, none of them looked at any point a little bit happy. Not one laugh all day. I was trying to, you know, tr trying to get some people to have a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a rant or a laugh or talk about anything, but it was like they're tiptoeing around. 
So yeah, it got to 4 p.m. and Kermit asked me and the other girl to go out and do training with each other, like different role playing and going over the different procedures. Um, and like, so, so we sat at, at a desk, like. I had my desk cubicle and then she was next to it. So we could like look in and uh, look at our notes as we were going through it. So yeah, we were facing the desk and then Kermit, Kermit's office was all the way across the office. Suddenly he screams like from his office to at us. He's like, hey, are you guys role playing? Like like all the other workers, they were on the phone and like dealing with clients, and we just kind of like look at him. And I was about to start laughing. I'm like, Is "This guy serious? Like he he was a, he he had some screws missing, that's for sure." So anyway, we shadowed our consultants for for a few hours, um, qu- quizzing the workers on everything, re- realizing nobody done anything besides their job, and yeah, good good stuff. They they get good pay. Um, but yeah, then at that point, I'd realized that this job was definitely not for me. I kind of felt sorry for how a lot of the workers got treated by by the boss man, by the, by like the manager and that. Because like, yeah, I don't know, none of them were like happy at all. And uh, yeah, the, the manager, she was working with a guy that had been there for six weeks and she was treating him like shit. Like the, the, these are full grown adults that are like good at what they do. And yeah, I don't know. It was just super weird vibes. So yeah, I was like, I was like, fuck that. I'm definitely not working here. Even though the money was good, I'd rather eat like rice with soya sauce, like arroz con frijoles, for like the rest of my life. Because yeah, I couldn't put up with that shit every single day. So like, there are many definitions of success in a career or in a business or in a large organization. For for some, it's like about creating great products and serving their customers and clients well. For others, it can be about growth and like scaling your business, scaling what you do, going for profits, like ten xing. Uh, and for others, it's about you know bringing more restoration and peace and beauty to the world. But like, no matter what the end goal of the business or organization is, it always starts from the from the top like the 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 work culture starts from the top from the top down and like the only thing that was enticing me to stay at this organization was the money the 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 work culture there was like a a joke like i did not want to be a robot i don't want to be working or associated with people who like work and act like that because like it's so easy to choose a job for a good paycheck but then you need to remember that you, you spend nearly a third of your life working like if you don't have a positive work culture and you're not satisfied, then like you should be taking steps immediately to change that. And that's what what I think is a a lot of people are like that. When like when you speak to them and they don't care about their job, what they do, they just basically do it for for the fortnightly paycheck. So yeah, after all this has happened, so like straight away I started working with a new company, which they they are the complete opposite. So it's been very, very refreshing for me going from one extreme to the other. So something for you to take away from this is to like throw, try and throw a bit of a pattern interrupt into your routine. So you can look at what you are doing with your job and your career or your calling or whatever you want to call it. Like ask yourself, do you enjoy it? Are you passionate about it? So six things 
to look at to make sure that you are in a workplace with a good culture and you know that you're in a place which is good for yourself is so I'll start with number number one that you and everyone else understands why your work matters and like it's important to know why you do what you do rather than just doing what you're doing for a paycheck which like a lot of people do number two values are practiced throughout the organization and like values have obviously changed a lot over time like today employees rate flexible schedule uh like flexible scheduling and like the, like flexible times to work and like greater vacation allowance as the top two items that would make them happier at their current job, which is it, that's very interesting, but it's it's quite evident. Like you know, twenty years ago, nobody travelled or done anything. They'd just buy their house and um, spend their entire lives there. Now it's changing where that like main goal for millennials is to go and travel the world. So number three, all activities provide real value to the customer or the client who you are serving. And like I've definitely noticed that when I've been doing jobs which are just making money or ones that are actually serving customers and like it makes such a big difference. Number four, that your role matches up with your passion and your capabilities. And it's good to know that nearly 80% of millennials said that professional development are one of the most important elements of company culture. But it's true. It's like, you know, if, if water doesn't keep running, it fucking goes, goes stanky. So it's the same thing with yourself. If you're not like progressing or anything, you fucking, you know, you go, you go moldy. You, you start getting depressed and like you don't see uh, a light that you're, you're working towards. Uh, no, and no, sorry, number five. It was it was five, not six. Number five that your team grows and flourishes with dependency on on individual leaders. So yeah, it shouldn't you shouldn't be um, be depending on one person. If if you're at work and your and your leader is not there, and then the entire organization collapses, then like you don't want to be in places like that. So, yeah, n- number one, you, you and everyone else understands why your work matters. Number two, values are practiced throughout the organization. Number three, all activities provide real value to the customer or the client who you are serving. Number four, your role matches up with your passion and your capabilities. And number five, your team grows and flourishes without dependency on individual leaders. Okay. So yeah, that's been very interesting seeing one workplace which looked extremely miserable and and one which is, you know, super happy, great culture, everyone lo- loves to be there and I've pretty much seen the the best of both worlds. So yeah, it, it's it's been refreshing for myself and I think, yeah, it's definitely for, for, for you to have a think about your one. So di- definitely give it a think about your own situation because fuck that, you never want to be spending, uh, never be spending your life working with uh, Kermit the Frog type of dude unless that lines up with your own personality and your values. So yeah, please have a think about that. And thanks for listening to episode number 13. See you next week on The Speaker.